Welcome to the Fizzle Show. So glad to have you with us here today. Oh yeah, look what we got going on here. Another podcast on the Fizzle Friday. Sorry, that's my. Uh, <coughs> sorry, that's my. Uh, that's my. I don't know. That's some voice. Uh, but this is the Fizzle Show, the podcast for a community of creative people working to become self-employed. You know, every Friday we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. So if that sounds like you, man, you are in the right spot. Your hosts are, if we were characters on The Office, Barrett would be Oscar, uh, but a but a, a little bit straighter. Chase would be Creed, uh, of course, although more like, like Creed if he were in his 30s. And Corbett would be Jim with some uh, Oscar tendencies. That one comes to us from Beth Hornback, listener who blogs at eatwithinyourmeans.com. Thanks, Beth. In this episode, we're going to talk about project management. How do you take that big project and slice it up into the essential and the essential bits? You know, plan it out, make decisions, and manage it over time. Uh, here at Fizzle, we we worked for a while, and 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 even before then, we we've all learned a lot about this stuff, and and we're going to get into a bunch of these little technical details here in this show, including sprints, themes, course management. Um, Barrett's uh, mini projects thing, uh, picking the right thing to measure, and uh, what kind of goal produces the best results. I think you're going to like it. So follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 78. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. I like keeping, on, keeping you on your feet. Uh, uh, I got to say this. I was just, uh, Barrett, I was just going through some things in the forum, and one of them I landed on, I don't want to give away any identities here, but uh, let's say it, is a, it was a lady, I think I can say that much, um, and she was, let's say, making, uh, making bags or something like that, right? And she's, she's like doing, one of our, our more popular courses is the, uh, and certainly one we, we encourage everyone to do, and it's just an essential thing, is defining your audience. And how, I mean, Barrett, how many... <laughs> How many people would you say you see a week who who go through that course and then write in the forums like, okay, I just figured something out that my audience would never buy these kinds of things that I'm hoping to make because they don't have any money and I won't even know how to find them anyways. Do you normally see stuff like that? Oh yeah, happens all the time. It is all over the place. Uh, but because like, I mean, for me, thinking back to where I was in college and after college, thinking about doing this stuff, like 5, 10, 15 years ago, or whatever, however, I'm getting a little carried away there. 15 years ago, I was, uh, 15 years ago, how old was I 15 years ago, you guys? I'm 32 right now. Oh, God. Carry the five. 25. I was 25 okay. years old. No, I was, uh, how old was I? Work it out. Ten, so 22, and then we go five, five more from that, seven, 17. Did I get it right? We're just going to let you ponder that. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. Dude, I mean, it's right. It's right. Stop it, embarrassing yourself. It's a business show. All right. And there's it's somebody out there going show. like, this guy, how can he ever make money? He doesn't know how to, how to, how to add numbers together. Yeah. I have the answer. What is it? What is it? Your title. My title. What is it? Title. No, this isn't a math question, not a trick question. Gosh, anyways, I don't even know how old I was. Uh, regardless, um, anyways, it happens a lot. When I think about the uh, business ideas that I had, like when I was, when I was like younger, and just like all the, the crap that you end up going through to like, and half the time, you just start building something and you sort of lose interest over time, but you learn something as you went. And it was, you were never really taking it super seriously anyways, you know? But anyways, okay, so there's this, there's this woman who's, who makes these bags, let's say, and, say, is she really she, selling like coaching or something? <laughs> no, it's not coaching. Okay, um, but uh, but she's she's writing. She's like, okay, here's my here's my audiences. I've got it. It's all this generic, like super generic stuff. Like people like sixteen to sixty who are buying stuff, which is just so common. We all start like like that. And I, I was just getting my feedback ready. Okay, taking it in, taking it in, and then right at the end, there's like this little PS on her entry and she's like i mean now if i could i'd really focus this whole business on the lbg 
LGBT community, or how do, how do you say that? LGBT, uh, the, LGBT, yeah. Yeah, LGBT community, uh, and, and specifically towards gay women, of which I am one, because that would be that would be exceedingly fun, and et cetera, but I'm way too scared to do that. So just looking at the audience stuff I mentioned above, like, what would you say? <laughs> and the first few, like... <laughs> like responses from like Tom Ross and I was like oh my god you should totally do that that's exactly what it looks like to define an audience that's that's your first helpful qualifier in defining like defining your audience yeah you know and real like wow those people we can find out where they go online we can know how to figure out what they struggle with you are one of them and then this is something that interests you clearly something you've had to fight for probably too you know and all this other stuff that like now you make these let's say bags for that person and they have they have a product to rally around or something like that you know what i mean and, and now you you speak a common language with them uh and I, it just got me all excited and re- reminded me it was great. It was funny how she diagnosed her own problem and didn't even know it uh, until it's, the end. And and then that fear, though, you know, like that scary thing. Um, and I told her, there's a, there's I gave her a bunch of feedback, and there's there's some qualifiers. I mean, if you're in a a real developed business where you've got a lot of repeating customers and a lot of money going going, <laughs> if it's really working a lot and you're super successful, maybe a huge dramatic change isn't what you're looking for right now. But I suspect that's not why you're why you're like, you know, asking a question on a forum. You know? Yeah. It's funny how people know the answers most of the time, though. It's it's really easy to understand marketing and to even explain it to someone. But then when you try to apply it to your own business, it's like you just can't see how it's supposed to work, like choosing a topic or or picking a specific group of people to go after to begin with. Yeah. Even absolutely. when it's right in front of your face. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of... It, it, it was just one of those things, because it, it made me think of moments in my life when I like, no, I couldn't do that. That would be so fun though. Where you really, <laughs> right. I couldn't you, just be a, a hand lettering yeah, enthusiast, but, but going back, like, I mean, I really do. It really does feel like that's a complete impossibility. Mm-hmm. Like it really, like it absolutely would cut all why of my success. Is, why is that? It's like in half. Is it partly because you feel like you don't deserve to do that thing that you would really love to do? Dude, there might be more, like that honestly, like Catholic thing, just like, even though I'm not even a Catholic, but just like that, like sort of repression, that guilt. Or like maybe work is supposed to suck a little bit, so you can't just go do the thing that you want to do. Yeah, I think so I think there's some of that. Also, part of it is, is you just don't know how businesses work. You know, yeah. you just don't know how, especially like if you did know how a business works, you might know like your in-flight magazine version of how a business works. Like here's how quick and intuit works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like instead of like all of the real businesses where you would start how those work, you know, how these little small time things can make a huge, huge deep cut in a market over, you know, five to 10 years because they focused on a real specific community. Yeah. I feel like it, when you're reading those business magazines or whatever, it's really easy to kind of overlook the answer because the answer is really simple. Somebody was like, I'm going to create this thing because there's this problem in the world and I think some people will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're reading that magazine and you're like, no, but wait, what, how did they, <laughs> wait, how did they raise the money? And then, you know, and, yeah. and you're looking for all these steps. Yeah. It's always so serendipitous when a business works out. I just think like, okay, so let's talk about, um, before we get into the topic today, let's talk about that video, the, the talk that you, that you loved Corbett. Which one? The, um, the, oh, how to yeah, win yeah, the lottery. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. That was Give a, a little one. quick little synopsis real quick. Okay. Uh, you're gonna have to say the guy's name because I, it, I don't, re- I don't remember his name. It doesn't matter. It'll be in show notes. Okay. All right. So watch this video in the show notes. This, uh, this, conference of uber creative uh web types that chase goes to in in portland xoxo um had a talk by a gentleman who first spent the first Darren, half is Dar- darius is his first darius, name darius that's right. kazimi that's right darius he spent the first half of the talk basically leading on as if he was he became an expert lottery player and he actually was maybe we about, should just let them have this. yeah yeah probably we should Okay, just suffice it to say, there's going to be a video in show notes that's just so perfect because uh, because of what it proves to you. Well, and it's great. So so here's the caveat. Uh, I know you're able to consume a lot of videos, it seems like, every week, Chase. I am lucky if I get one done. And for some yeah. reason, I hit play on that one, and it, was, and it was interesting enough to keep me going. So 
Guys, if you have one video, one 20-minute video you're going to watch this week, this is the one to watch. It's so good. And as someone who, I do watch a lot of videos because I learn so much from them. And now, I mean, I'd be lost without YouTube's. Actually, I wouldn't be lost. YouTube now, they have their HTML5 player, which if, I don't know if you, you used to be able to just choose and opt in to play with the HTML5 player. And then there's a little gear, bottom right, that you get to say, play this video in twice speed or mm-hmm. 1.5x or whatever, right? Yep. And so I used to literally, I used to hack YouTube, download the video, I'd play, and then I'd open it up in QuickTime and play it at twice speed, or I would then con- I would use my little, I'd use my com- an app on my computer to take the video, turn it into an MP3, upload it to cloud app and then huff duff it so I could listen to it later. Oh no. I, this I is probably back did it in the with, old days when it was uphill both ways to go to work. Uphill right? both ways. Like so anyways, there's this and it didn't take much time, but I would do I would find a talk from someone I'd really want to take in, but I of course I can't watch it right now. So I'd spend three minutes downloading it, hacking it into an MP3, putting it up into a fake podcast, huff duffing it, and now I've got it in my in my phone and I will be listening to it on a run or when I'm driving or something like that. I would always do that. I just love listening to people talk about how they got to where they are or or you know more more like anyways i could talk for a long time about that but this so is i want to add one caveat real quick about this video if Let's you don't like study comedy or you're not a big comedy fan you just got to stick with it because it actually is a good talk so just throwing that well, out it's there. not that funny though what do you, are you just mean well, i just because- mean like you have to appreciate his sense of sarcasm and storytelling and the way that he's going about making his point and yeah. if you are not a patient person or you don't get like the comedic value or the sarcasm in it, then you might give up on it. Don't yeah. do that. Mm, yeah. yeah. And if you're not a fan of shorts and oh. <laughs> with talk, it's so my, my wife just walked by while I was watching that. She's like, why is that guy wearing shorts? <laughs> it's so good. I loved it. I loved being in that room. I love everything about this guy. Uh, so anyways, uh, I could, I wish we could just sit and, here and, and shoot. I, I wish. Well, I wish we could make everybody go watch that, and then we could continue this conversation. Because I, I know, wanted to ask I you, I didn't. It. I didn't talk to you about it, but the the part where he talks about, but what about marketing and what about packaging and all that kind of stuff? He yeah. says that's part of buying the lottery ticket, and that. And I'm glad yeah. he said that because I didn't want to leave that feeling like everything is just up to the whim of the gods, yeah. and that you can't do anything to improve your odds of success. Cause that's part of it. You have to, you can't just create the thing and put it out there. You also have to do what you know you need to do to get people aware of it, you know, yeah. and to give it the shot that it needs to succeed. If you create something and, and no one is aware of it, then it doesn't matter if it's the best idea in the world and all the luck in the world is on your side. It's not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the topic today. As much as I would love to just sit here and shoot the breeze with you boys uh, for a long time. You know, it's so funny because we've been, uh, there's just been a, a handful of little bits of conversation that I've picked up on the interweb about how some people absolutely really do still think that our, you know, banter is the their favorite part of the show. And others who are, who are you know, we we always end up hearing from who are like you guys do not get to get the to point the point quick enough yeah yeah and, I hate you yeah which is and it's fine I totally understand I mean people are out there putting their butts on the line to build something and we promised them that we would be a business about or a podcast about making businesses and I I have no doubt in my mind that that's exactly what we are because uh, because that's what we're doing and these are the conversations that we're having about this stuff and this is exactly how we've done it and we've got them we're just in this scene watching a bunch of people doing that. And we're working with more entrepreneurs daily than, than probably any other show out there uh, because we run a membership community full of them at fizzle.co if you'd like to check it out for a dollar. Um, but but I, I mean, when I think about what I really, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me because we have so much fun just talking and catching up sometime. Now, the last few episodes, we were all together in the same room. And this is the first one since then that we're, that we're sort of doing it separately again. And I really like, I miss you guys. I miss you guys. You oh, know? you miss our, our smell. I miss, I miss your musk. I miss you judging me for not having good math in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, just this fact that I think math is a thing you can have. Hey, you know, you know, one thing that maybe we've never really talked about is the purpose behind the, the, the bullshitting or whatever you want to call it, you know, mm-hmm. that we do on the podcast. Cause I think, yeah. Um, we are a little unconventional maybe sometimes, and we're not doing it just for effect, you know, or just for entertainment purposes. A lot of times I think the, the, you know, 
chewing the fat or whatever that we do um, serves a couple of purposes. I mean, first of all, it just keeps things fun. This is how we stay motivated. Like yeah. we've been <laughs> we've been running the same business for two years, and it's really easy for entrepreneurs, especially, to get bored with something and move on after a while. Especially if all you do is just hound yourself about the numbers and the metrics and the tactics and we're we're supposed to be doing this and that instead of taking some time to just have fun and really the podcast is where we have most of the fun i'd say yeah i mean not only just that it's fun it's just that it's it's also most us every blog post that we put together is us having an idea for a thing that's going to be shareable it's going to be true it's going to help someone out with the thing but it's highly edited and it's and it's put together to have a point and to get you from point a to point b as quick as possible you know, yep. and every once in a while, there's a couple, you know, lines about an orgasm machine thrown in there to, for to lighten <laughs> for, the mood. For example, for example, I don't know. Maybe she makes bags. For example, right? But the 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 thing is, is like this is this is really how how we roll, and we don't. We don't like to, I don't, we talk a lot about business and I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up mostly about ideas and about how we can, you know, how can I grow this podcast? I've been just, just drooling over that idea. Like, how do we get more people to know about it? Cause I love it. I think it's great. I think it's better than a lot of the stuff out there. And yet I don't know how to climb up those iTunes charts, you know? And one of these days we, we have learned a few things um, and had, I've had some good conversations with, with other people who are trying the same stuff. And uh, I guess we'll we'll put an episode out recently soon about that kind of topic, maybe, um, even though it'll be quite short. <laughs> but but, anyways, I think why you know why do we do this? It's because it's who we are. It's because this is what it's like to run a business. And and honestly, if you want all the answers, you can find them. There's only about three of them. You can go like, like go read Lean Startup. Go there's all the answers in there, and you'll realize very quickly that you have all the answers and you still don't know what to do with them. You know, you still don't know what to do next. Or even if you know what to do next, you'll find yourself procrastinating. And if you find, even if you find, you know, like the next three steps, you might find yourself losing interest, losing motivation. That's why, you know, number one, the community piece of fizzle is so important. That's why this becomes an actual, you know, chewing the fat, shooting the shit, a handful of, of people who actually do this for a living, talking about what it's really like. And, and I, I honestly, I also just don't like, the uh, get to the point sort of mentality, <laughs> right? Get to the- and th- and this this ratio that people are hearing is like the real ratio of shooting the <laughs> to actual work done that we deal with every day. This is just how we operate. Yeah, and well, <laughs> I'd th- I'd say I do well. Sometimes I'm worse here, and sometimes <laughs> I'm better here. I think. What just, did you say? <laughs> just like in real life. Just like in real life. Um. So, uh, but you know, I was, I was just on Jared Easley's Starve the Doubts podcast and that was fun. He, okay. he starts it out with a bunch of, um, like sort of interesting, fun little questions. Like he'll look through some of your recent tweets or your bio and ask you, like, say, you know, if I was getting into long distance running, what's one thing I would be, sh- I should be sure to oh, have? Oh, that's cool. He was hitting you know? all your enthusiast buttons. Dude. And he like didn't, he was not prepared. He was like, we had a lot more questions, but we <laughs> but- didn't get to them. Because uh, I was like, one of his questions was about, if, if I'm going to Portland, what's one thing I need to definitely do? And I'm like, oh, whoa! Well. So we started talking about the difference between Voodoo and Blue Star and Coco's. And the donut that made me want to become a better man. Mm-hmm. And so you can find that on the Star of the Doubts podcast whenever that airs. It's not out yet. We just did it today. Wait, so, so- Chase, did you receive a box of donuts today? Nope, not today, oh, but I saw man. the email. We got a we got a suspicious email from someone in Australia saying Australia. I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to get donuts to you. Mark my words, essentially. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. From like from Australia? Yeah, I don't know. It's like they may like he she Cuz I you want I can get you donuts. Yeah, I can get a donut you too. You want a toe? Uh, I really don't want I don't really want a toe. I'll you get you a toe. toe. I get you a toe. <laughs> Dude, did hey, did you listen? Did I send you? Oh my god, did I send you that that link to the podcast of uh of Josh Rubin on You Made It Weird? No. You I got to I got to send that to you because put it in his, the show notes. His Jeff Bridges is unbelievable and the whole time through it's just like, "Hey buddy, I can't do it at all." Oh god, and it's in my head and I and I keep trying to do it and I sound so dumb when I do it. But it's so good. It's stuck with me. It's probably the hardest I've laughed at a podcast consistently ever since I've started listening to podcasts. All right. Send it over. I laughed the whole freaking way through it. Wow. 
Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> so good. All right, folks, let's get into it. Now that we're, are we honestly 18 minutes into this? Yes. Yeah, we got no, a lot of good stuff out of the way, though. That's not true. It's true. Well, wow. I mean, it may not be Today's true for the listener, because there was probably a little bit that we didn't put in here. We're not recording in twice speed. We just play back at twice speed, right? <sighs> yeah. Mm. I go, I'm more of a one and a half X speed myself. Yeah, 1.5 X? Uh-huh. Yeah, I go two X is a little bit much. Actually, you know what? It depends because different players do do different things. So uh, Overcast Marco's app, I'm at like one point eight, and then I use he has a very special sort of like voice enhancer thing that cuts out all the pauses. It, it is it you can't hear it Whoa. working at all. That's on that's on Overcast. Yeah, on Overcast. And oh, the, but you, you paid the, you paid the five dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I paid before I even knew what i'd be getting when i paid (laughs) i think um just because i like marco okay guys uh i was not intending for that to to go so long so what i want to do today is i want to do uh, and by the way we're going to answer some listener questions i think we're going to try to focus on just doing one today because i think it's a big question it's from darlene i'm going to play that for you in a second but um send us your questions you can go to fizzleshow.co slash ask we've gotten through almost all of our of our um questions that that listeners have sent in you could also just email hey guys at fizzle.co or tweet us or facebook us or book face us don't or forget Google. they could also uh write hey fuck at you can, you could also hey fuck us um so <laughs> you know what i just saw yesterday what that uh that horse See, i could that, tell we're, we haven't been around each other for a while and then we just want to talk man that that giant billboard that's on Folsom or whatever we drove by it uh when barrett was here of that horse, like leaning back, and it says, "Hey, oh, girl, Bo Jackman." <laughs> Is that right, ja- Bo yeah. Jack Horseman? Or oh, something man, like that. that's good. So good. It's a great. It's it's uh, it's good. It's a good it's show good on ad. Netflix. Um, so ask us your questions. Send them in the emails. Uh, uh, please do. Listen, uh, we we are very accessible. You can find us on our tweeters. You can tweet us on our Facebooks. Um, you can Google Plus our. <laughs> you can you can get some Google Plus on our faces. Um, you can Google my, you can Google me is what I'm trying to say. Close one. <laughs> so, uh, do so. I'd love to, I'd love for you to, you know, ask a question of the show and we answer it. I'd love to do that for you. Uh, because, uh, if nothing else, you'd get to hear your own voice on the show. So to that end, let's listen to question here from Darlene, uh, one of our darling fizzle members. Hey guys, it's Darlene here. I am a longtime Fizzler, fan of the show, and member of the community. And first of all, I have to say, I love the show. I love the way your guys' personalities play off of each other and add a little bit of zaniness to my day when I'm driving around in my car or taking a walk whenever I listen to you guys. Um, sometimes in the shower. Best ideas come from the shower, so podcast listening. And somehow you managed to teach us something about business in the midst of all that craziness. And I'm usually laughing out loud at least twice during every podcast. So thanks for that, guys. Um, my question today is in two, two parts. So the first part is about project management. Right now we're um, at the point in our business where I'm building a product for sale, it's going to be a course, a photography course on lighting, which will be on my site. Um, I run digitalphotomentor.com, and we've done video, the whole nine yards. I have a, a partner instructor teaching it with me. But the thing is, I'm basically, I am the content creator, I am the project manager, I am the everything. Um, so I was wondering if you had any tips for you know, project management, um, I know people that do this type of thing, but I, don't, I wouldn't even begin to know how to sort of delegate this thing or say, okay, who can put this together and um, help it, help me, help me keep, keep my sanity because um, it's getting a little crazy at some point. So I'd love to know your tips on, on working on projects because I know you guys do these things all the time when you're doing these videos or you're building a, something new or you're you know making a new website or a podcast or whatever and there's a number of people involved in that project like I've got you know my partner instructor the video guys I've got my webmaster who's my husband the graphic designer a proofreader all these people including myself to bring together and make sure we're all on the same page with you know deadlines and getting who needs to get what to who at the right time so I'd love to know your thoughts on that. And the second part of my question is kind of related in terms of we're at the point where we're almost ready to hire a part a part-time VA. 
um, somebody that can help us do some things on a regular basis so it's not so crazy. And, you know, when we go away, we can still have the business ticking along. And my question regarding that is, how do you know when it's the right time to hire somebody, whether it's financially or if you have enough work to give them? Because I'm not sure we have both at this point, but I know we're just about ready to make the leap. So I thank you for your time and I look forward to hearing your thoughts and keep essing in the tall cotton, Corbett. See you on the flip side. Keep essing in tall cotton, Corbett. She doesn't know that you have a bleep button. I mean, come on, Darlene. Oh yeah, she could have gone full. She could have gone full factor. Totally. There. Yeah, she could have the top. I like that guy. I like that guy on the wire. She could have gone. She. 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 Clay Davis, right? Isn't that Clay <laughs> <The> Davis? <politician. laughs> good stuff. Oh, it's so good. All right, darling. You want to build question. a business? She. She. I'm not even going to bleep those because we're mostly saying yeah, sheets. sheets. We're saying e. sheets. Yeah. Talk on uh, sheets. Yeah. Where did my sheet go? Um, so, Darlene, great question about project management, which is why I wanted to give this question its own like episode all the way. Wow, you feel like we have that much to say. I really do. I feel like we're working a lot on this right now. Uh, uh, right now. As we try to figure out, like these, you know, we've got this system of yeah. themes and sprints, and we're we're starting to sort of reevaluate how we're doing that, and we're seeing some things work and some things not work. We've also got all got like a lot of history with just like cracking the whip on ourselves, you know. And I'm not talking about just just my fetish. I mean, I have I have that as well. Um, I have a collection and assortment different of kind whips. of different kind of Australian you were, you were leather, like New Zealand leather, sometimes whip. Yeah, now you're exactly. talking about riding crops. I think. Yeah, a little bit of. Uh, I want all the. I want all the things. You know, all the things for whipping. I want to be whipped by all the things. Is really. My, it's my tagline. I run a secret site mm. that I won't tell you the URL of. All right. But uh, I worked very hard on that tagline. Whip me with all the things. Um, so let's talk about. Let, let's talk about. Let's focus this on like this specifically on Darlene's situation where she's you know basically you know, a solo entrepreneur. She does have her husband who does the web stuff and helps out a, a quite, quite a bit, I think. And then uh, some other people that she sort of collaborates with, yep. but mostly running it herself. Um, and, by the, and, and by the way, so Darlene sent this question in a while ago while the project or product that she was talking about was in progress. Um, it's since launched and Darlene has done very well. She's going to be one of our um, big fizzle success stories. We're really happy for her. Yeah. Um, but I think what she's talking about is this lack of sanity that you have as an entrepreneur when you're trying to pull off some sort of big project. And the only way to regain that sanity, I think, is to put different systems in place that make you feel like you have some good idea of all the moving parts. Because mm. if it's all just in your head or written on post-it notes or whatever – then it's really easy to kind of feel like you don't know if this thing's going to come together in time for your deadline, whatever it is. And I know she was working towards a pretty specific deadline. Um, and we did when we first launched Fizzle. We set a hard date in the ground yeah. about seven weeks out, and we just worked towards that date. And that was nice, actually. It gave us something to shoot for, and I actually liked that. I don't think we've done that often enough. Um, versus when you just kind of are vaguely working towards some goal and it'll get done when it gets done. I think having a date actually kind of forces you to do some of those things. But she's talking about the systems and I think kind of asking us like what systems do we use or what could she do to get a better handle on everything. Uh, yeah, so where do, you want, where do you think you'd want to jump in on this? Anybody have any, ta- any places to jump in? Any jump in spots? Well, just to kind of feel this out a little more, you know, we're talking about me. systems. Um, Whip me. There's, there's a difference between... Pro- very specific project management, like I'm just trying to get this one product out the door and how do I do that when there are multiple people involved versus what we refer to as the company's operating system, meaning mm. how do we get stuff done in general, whether it be ongoing work or special work. And we kind of have a framework for that that we're using that we're fairly happy with. I don't know if we're 100% happy with. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. We should probably start at the smaller end of the spectrum, the, the actual project stuff, like if you're just trying to get something done. And we can talk about our evolution too, in terms of tools that we've used. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's jump in and talk about our our themes and sprints thing that we've been doing because this is, I think, helpful for anyone. Um, even though we're using it specifically 
to work as as a team collaboratively. Um, it's just and thinking about that specific it one and done project. So she's talking about a product, a course specifically where she uh, is just trying to write all the things, script them all out, figure out you know before that what's going to be in it, then work with the videographer to do all the stuff, and then fi- like work and find all the examples that you're going to use, then get it all filmed and shot, and then get it all edited together. Then you got to put together a landing page, and oh wait, well, let's put together the product too. Are we going to use courseware or something like that? How's this going to go? Do we need like an email provider? Like how's it you know? So like imagine all of the plates are spinning just like in my house there's just whips everywhere and and darlene's house there's just plates spinning mm-hmm. everywhere and she's trying to keep metaphorical them of course you know, no literal she's oh. just an amazing plate spinner but um but that's what it's like to to do this stuff on your own it's real it, it's a it's a challenge but it's also for most of us it's the only way and it and it's totally doable the hardest part is staying sane <laughs> the hardest part is keeping your wits about you uh when all around you uh, is chaos and carnage. And there's there are pros and cons to uh, having multiple people on a team versus just doing something yourself. You know, I think when when there are multiple people on the team, you know, the complexity of project management is is greater, right? It's harder to kind of keep track of what everybody's is, working yeah. on and to coordinate. Um, but at the same time, there are more people obviously to do the work, and there's some kind of synergy that happens. I think. Or at least it kind of keeps you on your toes when you show up to a meeting to kind of talk about what you've worked on. And the other people on the team show up and they're like, well, this is what I got done. And you're like, oh, geez, you were really working hard. I guess I should step it up or whatever. Yeah. It kind of helps that way. But when you're just by yourself, it's nice because you don't have to um, wait on people to get things done. You don't have to worry about who's doing what. It's just you just have one big long list and the resistance to face of actually trying to get the work done. Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So our sprints and themes, real quick, let's do this. Uh, normally what we'll do, what we've been doing is we, we take a three-month chunk, okay? And we call that a theme. So a theme might be member success. So for three months, we're going to focus and have a bunch of different projects and things that we're going to be doing focused entirely on how do we make our current members more successful? How do we make anybody that sign ups for, signs up for Fizzle more likely to become a badass than than they were before, right? How do we make that as as efficient as possible? How do we optimize for badassery for our for our users? Mm-hmm. Right? We spent our first theme was about that. We brought Barrett on board to be our customer manager, personer, community mm-hmm. manager. What do you what do we call you? I just call you a nice nice young gentleman. Quarters. What? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty much it. Kervit just goes, what? <laughs> I am the director of member success. And by the way, Chase, from the beginning of the episode, you are the creative director. Yeah, I know. I, I just think that's a little bit limiting, but I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, but you love it. You wear it well. You do. I wear it well, but then I'm also, but then I also, you know, sometimes have to do real work too, which is something I want to bring up in my next one-on-one boss meeting. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Sick of the real work. I'd rather. You know what I want to do next? I want to rework the fizzle song. When? When is that going to be a priority, Numero Uno? I know because that's really going to change the business. It's going to keep your creative director happy overnight, right, pal? No. So, so we had a theme that, of membership success. Yeah, yep. and so this is a three-month chunk where we say, okay, let's have at the end of this uh, uh, thing. The goal is that our members are more successful, and, why and is, that our our product is better at making. No, even in the future, anybody who signs up more successful. Right? And why? Two questions. One: Why isn't that just an ongoing goal, like just something that we're focused on all the time? And why three months? Well, uh, because math and science. <laughs> Barrett, I like the way that you like put the microphone inside right in your, your nostrils. mouth in your mouth when you laugh. Just, it, it was. It was actually. <laughs> It was in my nostril. <laughs> um, well, Corbett, why don't you... Uh, good question. I, I'll answer your question with another question. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fairly arbitrary, I guess, right? We just we just made up the three-month... Yeah. We, we felt like a month is too often to be switching context. But that's not how the sausage is made. That's, no, that's how the sausage is made. These people don't need sausage on their hands. They need to believe that there's some secret tip out there, and that secret tip is three-month themes. Well, the, yeah, and so for us, the secret is 
it's nice as a team to be able to focus on a, an overall goal that we want to achieve or a set of goals that we want to achieve. Um, and there's just too much for us to be focused on everything we could be improving in our business at once because there's only three of us. So mm. as a small team, it's like, we know we need to grow top line membership. We know we need to make members more successful. We know we need to improve our technology and our platform. We know we need to focus on the team and, you know, team building and all that kind of stuff. Um, and our content production and revenue. And there's just all kinds of things. But if we keep those, all of those, 12 important things on our mind at all times, then there's so much context switching between them and there's just burnout of feeling like we're not getting any specific things done. We're just kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off. So we decided to focus on themes. We definitely have ongoing work. It's not as if we have a theme so we dump everything else we're doing. We're still making courses and you know doing customer support and all that kind of stuff, producing the podcast. But for three months, we decide that, okay, What's one of the most important things we can do in our business? And we kind of rotate through those. We focused on member success before. Now we're focusing on top-line member growth, just getting more people in the door for three months. The next one we focus on might be revenue. I'm not sure exactly, but maybe you know other ways of bringing in more revenue, that sort of thing. So we, we focus on those for three months um, because that feels like the right amount of time because James Clear probably has some specific thing that'll tell you. <laughs> because research and science or something. Exactly. So but hold on, that's a good overview of like, you know, hey, let's, the, the, now this is actually for something that's like ongoing, right? A project right. that already has this in the, uh, that's on, ongoing for us is, is we have to kind of chunk it up like this because we have a limited amount of resources and time right. and energy and people and all this stuff. Then we'll take that sp- three month sprint with that, which has a goal of, for instance, more members, right? Which is our current, current, uh, sorry, theme. We want to have more top line growth, more members. Okay. Then we will divide that essentially by three. So we have three months of this thing. And normally we like to give ourselves sort of a week off every now and again, not like all the way off, but so that we could just focus on the things that always have to happen too. So what we do is we do a three week sprint. So we'll have, we'll say, okay, we're starting the sprint. We've got these seven projects we want to work on. This one's yours, Barrett. This one's yours, Chase. This one's yours, Corbett. Yada, yada, yada. Here's our goals for each of these things. Go, 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 get them done. And then in a, in a few weeks, we'd say, how, where are we on those? And yada, yada, yada. And then, then we have a week, what we called, what we call, what did we call that week? The sort of the jog, the jog, <laughs> the sprint and the jog. Perfect. Yeah. God, I love it. Interval training. Oh, geez Louise. It's like high intensity training over here. Exactly. But the, the, anyways. That's a that's a way that's that we've used to break up these things into time because the, it's like this course management principle that we've talked about before, where you're looking down a 500 yard par five and you've got a driver in your hand and you're at you're at the very you're at the tee box and you're like okay I'm just gonna swing away and try to get there because it's I gotta get it in the hole that's my goal is to have this thing finished so I'm just gonna use my driver and swing really hard there's no there's no way you're not John Daly, and you can't do, or Day, was it John Day or John Daly? Can't remember anymore. Uh, You can't do that, and and you're gonna you're gonna ruin this whole project. You're gonna ruin this whole whole, this hole for you, right? Instead, what you say is like, okay, there's a slight dog leg right. I'm gonna lay up right over there. All I need to do is punch this down 200 yards, 250 yards, and get it get it to a place where I can five iron in or something, right? And now we're cooking with gas. Now what we're doing is we're being intelligent about what we can do, what we can do repeatedly. And then we're not we're not absolutely let down by our improper improper expectations at every step of the game. So to me, this is project management 101. Is your worst nightmare is your expectations and the sense that you can do a lot more than you actually can so that you end every day going like I feel like shit and I don't know why and I'll tell you why. It's because you think you could you can swing that driver 500 yards when really you can easily get a straight 225 yard thing right down the middle and look at you go. And if you could just set your expectations on that swing, on that drive, on just finishing these two things today, then you'd be great. And so what we got to do is say, okay, I've got these two things today. Here's the project overall. Let's se- separate it into its several parts. And let's. We're, the truth is it's going to take six months instead of three. Wow. That's a bummer. I don't know about that. Well, now you're you're you can either just fake it and say like I'm sure I can do it in 3 and then you you end up super depressed and unhappy and everything falls apart and you have to kind of hold things together and it takes 9 or you can just let it be 6, you know. Yeah. So, so that's where I feel like related to this. What's that? Um 
a couple of things related to this. Go for the it. first one is when you set out to create a project. So we have ongoing work, like we mentioned, that we do on a regular basis. And we all have different aspects of that that we perform. If you're an independent entrepreneur and you're setting out to create a course or new product or whatever it might be that your project is, I think you have to sit down and take inventory of what is the ongoing work that's absolutely essential to keep enough momentum going so that when the project is done, it actually has the impact you intend for it to have. And so there's some element of saying, okay, let's cut back to what's absolutely essential. And maybe that's just writing a blog post each week or publishing a podcast each week. And then I can build out this project on the side of that work. The second thing is, I think you have to decide how you're going to measure the success of that project, like you were saying, Chase. And uh, going to the science, like you love so much, there's a lot of evidence that says that rate-based goals are much more effective than one large goal at the end of the project. And what rate-based goals say are, um, it's better to measure, uh, like for example, for us right now with our growth team, it's better to measure, did we get 10 or 20 members today as opposed to did we get 500 a month from now because we can impact what happens today but by the time we get to the end of the month and we have a you know end number of 450 we can't do anything about that Mm -hmm. i like that i like both of those those are great and that brings uh, i think to another so the first uh being like sort of course management expectations and then what you're talking about these goals barrett um this makes me think of of kind of like two questions, you know, number one, how are we going to measure this, the success of this thing? Uh, you know, you know, like what, so the example you just gave is of, of the number of member signups, like that's a real clear, you know, we can clearly measure that, but there's a lot of other metrics we could try to go by as well. We could go by how we feel about it. We could go by, uh, how many people tweeted about it and all this stuff. So the metrics that you choose end up mattering quite a bit. And we did an episode on that, uh, I will find and put it in the show notes the member mem- the metrics that you pick end up mm-hmm. changing a lot of things, right? Yep. Uh, how you proceed how you proceed through the project, um, but also this question of what's your desired outcome of this thing. So this goes back to some David Allen getting things done stuff and some vintage productivity porn that I used to <laughs> I used to spend a lot of time in, um, but. It's really, really such an easy hack. You have a project called release the sales, like, like, like get this product out there, darling. It's called get this product out there. The desired outcome, force yourself to write one sentence about what this looks like when it's out. Just write D period, O period, and then one sentence about what this looks like when it's out there. That means- Wait, wait. what's the D period, O period? Desired outcome. Oh, got it. Good Do call. it. Good call. D-O. D-O. See how it just works on so many levels, Corbett? Mm-hmm. It, did you learn that from coaching? Is that like a coaching trick? Uh, doesn't it seem like it? Yeah. It's actually my own little thing uh, that I kind of like in, reinterpreted uh, David Allen's stuff. It's not a Scott Reeves-ism? It's a, it's a, it's a, it could be if we, we needed it to. I actually created it after I read it from one of my favorite authors. It's one of the things that I made up when I saw it somewhere else mm-hmm. it made so much sense that it felt yeah. like you're on yeah they were writing out desired outcome and i just put d period o period do so you're like the, oh my god the, yeah that's that the spells that's two. the chase system of spells two of of gretting things run it's a it's a copyright thing i have to throw ours in there <laughs> gretting things run <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but writing down your desired outcome, it seems like such a chore. I mean, I'm, ser- I'm serious. It's on every single project. And, and I don't want to, I guess we got to get into the, de- the details on like the difference between a task and a project. Some real pedantic getting things done folks say that a task is, a, a project is anything that consists of two or more tasks. And that is actually semantically totally correct. And if you behave that way a- a- diligently, it can be a real, you can really save your butt. Yeah, but then you gotta you re- you gotta do these weekly reviews. You absolutely have to be cleaning up your lists and have to be putting things together and and eventually throwing things away or putting them on the someday maybe list because you're just like I don't have enough time to do all the things that yeah. I want to do. You know, you know. So I, I do. What? I do notice just just if we're getting into that level of detail, I do notice whenever something sits on my task list for a really long time, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because it's ill defined. 
It's oh, yeah, some absolutely. amorphous blob of outcome that I want without being specific about what I need to do to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really more of a project than a task. And so it just sits there because you have this like, uh, I don't know how to get that done. You have this like anxiety about oh, God, it. So yeah. you just move on to something else. It's the worst. It's absolutely the worst. And our, our my, my one of my favorite courses that we have in Fizzle is the productivity course. Um, just because it's so short and there's a handful of great jokes in there. I was just in a good mood when I recorded it. Mm-hmm. I think I was just I was just caffeinated perfectly and still hydrated at the same time. Yeah. And I have just a silly wackadoodle mustache. It's yep. just ridiculous. Swashbuckling um, mustache. Yeah, just terrible. I'm drinking uh uh I'm <laughs> drinking um uh what is it? Turkish coffee? I don't know. Mm. And eating a date. I mean it's so you just were basically like, eating coffee. Yeah, I was eating coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. It's all it's good. It's terrific. Yeah. I mean, that's what Turkish coffee is, right? It's still got the grinds in it. Yeah, yep. but it all settles to the bottom, Barrett. Come on. You only drink well, down I mean, to the sludge. Yeah, you stop and, and you trap a lot of it in the little uh, ibric, as it's called. Oh, I see. There's a, and mm. that's it's it's delicious. It's really really delicious, Barrett. You come over here. I'm going to teach you how to make some sweet, delicious Turkish coffee. I will take you up on that. So yeah, back to this. So hold on, defining those things, Corbett. That bit you just mentioned, getting to real clarity and definition on your not only your projects but your tasks as well. Like in in the productivity course uh, on Fizzle, Fizzle.co. Get it for a dollar. Gotta try to remind dun, ourselves dun, to do that. Dun, dun. Yeah, uh, it, I need a jingle. What I, I like develop. I, I go. I call it the Vino method, the verb noun object. Okay, and I just put a little I in between because it's like we're drinking wine. Uh, but verb noun object. Take Aiden to school. Don't be crazy. No, that's not a good one, right? But like, see how it's a, it's a verb? It's a, and, the, and the verb that you choose is the most important one. Because if it's get in touch with Terry, are we calling? Are we emailing? Are we snow? Are we pitching yeah, exactly. to him? What you want to do is you, in your CEO mode, when you're writing these tasks down, you got to get this to as much clarity as possible because you're going to be a dumb worker bee in a little while and any bit of mental energy that you have to do, do you know your brain takes up like, what is it, 88% of all of the energy in your body? All of your nutrients go straight to your brain? Did you know that? This yeah. Moonwalking with Einstein book is crazy. Your brain is the most your energy hungry thing in your body. You're moonwalking? Did you know the average human brain uses about 20 watts of electricity? Do you know that Whoa. 20 watts of electricity, if you put it right on the edge, uh, on the bit, on the inside of a moist part of your body, you will feel it? She. she. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Barrett. Good call, Barrett. Hey. Uh, hey. Way to step up, Barrett. Bear bomb. Bear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, listen, well, uh, just to sum this this little bit up, what we're talking about here is just get to clarity, get to definition, get to concreteness. you got to take this. I, it's bringing all this stuff back from the productivity course. I had this whole, like, this, uh, this visual learning metaphor on being concrete versus, and clear versus ambiguous and all that stuff. So, do go go do that. There's some great stuff in there. Verb, noun, object, okay, for writing each task and then direct uh, or desired outcome on your projects to get the clarity on what is this thing going to actually look like? Because you're about to commit time and energy to doing this thing. You're worth, you're worth spending an extra 70 seconds to write down a real intelligent uh, description of what this thing's going to look like and your desired outcome when it's done because that in and of itself will get you thinking so much further along this project than you by yourself going like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make another project. Like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna put this thing out. Yeah. 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 yeah oh yeah. 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 God. Yeah. 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 And then you go all the way through your life, not doing the thing. And I think, um, this discussion, whether it's about individual tasks or just about getting things done in general, it's all about being able to switch from the big picture stuff to the, okay, I need to get something done, which you always call the CEO worker bee paradigm and it's and I'll about that we have it we did bring one of those videos out in on fizzle i'll put that in the uh show notes and it's about breaking things down just to say okay here's this big thing that i want to do yeah all right well there's a lot of that needs to get done what needs to get done in order to accomplish this big goal okay i need to make a bunch of videos okay well you need to make videos what are you going to do to make those videos well i guess i have to write a script i have to film them okay well how are you going to film them well i'm going to buy a camera or i'm going to rent a camera there's just you have to break it down from the yeah. big project successively into smaller and smaller and smaller bits until it's something that says ah 
go to the store and rent this camera. That's something I could do within a half hour or whatever. Yeah. And that's just and, the Zen of this stuff. It is because, because if you can just say to yourself, okay, that's all I have to do is do that one thing. And then you have to try to get your expectations and, and your emotions and everything on that same level, because everything in you is going to be like, I just want this thing to be out there because I'm going to be a star. Yeah. You know, and I'm just going to make so much money when this thing's out there. But the very first thing is I got to buy that. You did the work to discover this is the very first, very next step to buy this video camera. So now just harness all of that, rein yourself in you know, all your expectations and ha- set yourself this realistic thing, this course management golf club sort of thing where it's like, okay, I'm just going to the store to get this thing yeah. that I need. So yep. I want to take this and I want to apply it directly to Darlene's project. Um, she started, and I think her desired outcome was something along the lines of, I want to have a flagship product that I can sell on an ongoing basis. And Darlene will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, but that's close enough. And in order to get there, she wanted to work with a team, and she wanted to do this big production, make it really high quality, and she didn't have all the skills she needed to make that happen. So she needed video editors, and she brought a partner in to co-produce the course with her and all this stuff. So if you start getting into the weeds like that, that fast, it gets really scary. So you got to take a step back and say, okay, what are the mini projects? Like you were just saying, Corbett, that make up uh, the path to this bigger outcome. And then what order do those mini projects have to happen in? And maybe some of them are concurrent to each other, but there's probably a lot of dependencies in there. Like I got to write the script before we can film the videos, et cetera, et cetera. So you line them up and you say, okay, so I'm going to focus on the first little mini project. But at some point you get to a, a, point in the process where there's multiple little mini projects that need to be happening at the same time. And I think that's when it gets really hard because everything's important. And while I was working for Seth Godin, he shared a great uh, concept called the critical path that I really like, especially when you're working on a couple of smaller mini projects that make up this bigger one. And the critical path says, if this thing doesn't get done, then this product doesn't ship or this project doesn't get done. And so the critical path, I think, in Darlene's case would have been uh, having the videos done by the date she needed them done to be included in the sale she was just included in. Mm -hmm. And the way that Seth taught it was if someone that's on the critical path or working on the critical path says to someone else, hey, guys, I need help with this in order to get it done by the time we need it done, everyone else drops what they're doing and they go help the person on the critical path because nothing else matters if that doesn't get done now. Yeah. And so I think that can be a helpful concept as well. Mm, critical totally. path meaning it, it it is a requirement of the final outcome. Yes, it is the number one dependency that yeah. everything else is hinged on. And the hard okay, so the balance to that is Corbett, it makes me think of the deadlines that we were talking about before. You know, setting a deadline, a hard and fast deadline on a thing is just a great energizer for a project. You know, and so if you like, so in this case, Darlene needed to get this thing done by by this time so that it could be included in this large sale that was going on uh, with these other collaborators out there. Right. So then we know we've got a hard and fast due date on this thing. So that's when this is this is how the sausage is made, because now you can actually set the critical path because there's something at at stake for when you uh, when this thing needs to be out the door. Because there's also the situation where you don't know how to choose what's the critical path because everything's the critical path. You know what I mean? And so that's when you have to start cutting corners, which I think is an essential part to shipping anything because it's never going to be perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. It's always going to be just as it is, and that's an important thing to get used to as a person who ships things. But uh, but that's what that's what my worry is about the critical path is that someone's going to take that and they're going to be like, here's the critical path, and there's nothing that isn't the critical path. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like choosing an audience. you got to decide which yeah. one's the thing that's going to prevent it from happening, prevent the project from launching if you don't do it. And that changes over time. So like for the uh, project I worked on with Seth, it was the platform that we were building, like the technology platform that was being built from scratch. That was always the critical path because without a platform, we couldn't post all of our courses to the web. And it turned out that that part didn't get done, so the project didn't launch. Um, And so it's important to understand what's actually the most intensive, important part of the project at a given time. Because once the critical path part is done, now something else becomes a critical path. And, you know, there's, um, there's another sort of bigger meta concept here about 
projects in general, which is the methodology that you use to get a project done. And um, like in software terms, and this would apply to Darlene's project as well, there's this concept of waterfall methodology, which means basically you just do everything and launch all at the end, basically. So, you know, let's say Darlene wants to have this big course out, so she builds the entire course, spends three months on it, you know, does all the production, all that kind of stuff, and then at the end releases it. And we've seen in software terms time and time again that there's a lot of risk with the waterfall methodology, partly because so much time goes by while you're working on it that the requirements can actually change. Um, or you could be moving towards a target that is incorrect. You know, you could spend a year working on a project only to find out that the customers don't really want it that way. So the, the new, uh, more accepted methodology, and this is really sort of the lean startup approach, but if you're talking about software or any other project, they call it agile methodology. And the idea is that you work towards small increments of the project and you actually release the thing early and often. So basically, instead of taking, let's say, six months on a project, releasing all at the end, you would say, let's break that project up into six releases and do basically six sub-projects that are released after a month each. That way you get to change course after you put something out there. And that's what we did with Fizzle. We only gave ourselves seven weeks to build the entire platform, to create courses, to prove that people were interested in it, and to get it out there in the wild. We let people in, and then we changed course and worked on it more, released it again a month later, and then another month after that, um, using that sort of lean startup or agile kind of approach. And I think anybody who's trying to create something early on is going to have this tendency to think about what the ultimate final vision for their product could be. Oh my God, it could be incredible. It could have this bell and this whistle and all these people would be in here using all these different features and it would be amazing. But if you try to create that thing right out of the gate, there's a big chance that you're going to get stuck along the way or that you're going to fail along the way or that you're going to create something that people don't end up wanting. So that's the idea of breaking things down into smaller chunks to say, okay, th- yeah, that's the final vision, but what's the most important feature out of all those hundred features that you think are so important? What's the most important one? And let's build that now and get it in the hands of real people to see if they actually use it, if they actually want it. And that shortens your time frame to say, instead of, I'm going to have this year-long thing, oh, I could build that one feature in the next three weeks and get it out there. And then you have real-world data to work from. So lesson number one, I think, in project management for me is always, how can we just define this narrowly so that we know that our outcome is positive and that people actually like this thing in the smallest amount of time possible. You know, it's funny. I never would have thought of like lean mentality and agile development as a sort of in the same terms as project management. It's kind of silly to say that now, but I never really did because what it does, but it's, it's probably one of the more important ones ever because when you say I'm going from trying to finish this whole thing, within a certain amount of time so that I can put the sales page up and start selling it and people are getting in and they're having happy results with this thing. When you go from that to saying, okay, I'm just going to get the software to work so that I can make members and I'm going to pre-sell the thing, right? So it's like you just took three months of work and turned it into two weeks of work to get the software, the the membership software working and so that people can get in and you could pre-sell it and people are starting to talk in the forums or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. You just fundamentally change the nature of your requirements and now you you can look at the next thing that you need to ship right so you might have like five modules darlene might have five modules in this lighting course that she's talking about well now she can just do one and ship that and she can actually do like a rough draft of that showing it only to the people who have signed up before it's out to get feedback on it and then do the final draft of that one right doing that one as a rough and then a final with feedback in between briefly you just got really good at making the rest of the modules too. Mm-hmm. Chances are, you know what I mean? So what I, and I love that. This is what's so fundamentally different about the lean startup mentality and, you know, all that Steve Blank stuff is just like, how do we know people are going to buy it? How do we know, uh, people, how do we make this the smallest amount of work possible so that we can prove to ourselves that people are going to buy it? And, uh, and then when, then what's the next amount of small work that we could do that's valuable, seem valuable enough to them to where they can give us the feedback or the this, that, and the other. And that fundamentally is project management because it's changing what the project is. It's changing completely what your de- desired outcome is of this thing. And, 
that's what we did with fizzle and a lot. And it's still, I mean, we're two, we're two plus years in and I'm still learning a ton about the, the Delta between what I want to do and what we have time to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's a nightmare for me. It's super hard, but it's also, there's no other way to do it. This is just the reality of being in a, in a, product like this you know yep so uh i think that's a that's a huge point for anybody listening whether you're whether you've got a blog or a podcast that you want to do whether you've got this that or the other there's some like so for example with podcasts you need to know some specifics about like for instance this that eight weeks that you get to spend on new and noteworthy it's actually really valuable so you need to know how to optimize for that right so which means that that defines the limitations of your very first product um or very first whatever release Say, and then with a blog, like what you don't have those limitations, right? So what? So how would you perform that way? How would you decide your desired outcome and define this project in the very first sort of release cycle? There, anyways, it's just exciting to me because uh, I never had that. I thought I'm going to do this blog, and that means I'm going to be a writer and, and and all this other stuff. And then when I got down to the brass tacks of actually writing a post or doing something like that, it just felt like a nightmare. Right. It just felt like it took so long to learn what this actually meant because yep. my expectations were so far off. So listen, Darlene had a second question about hiring VAs, and we don't have time to get to that now. What I'll do is I'll add that to the next uh, next time we do uh, Q&A when we've got a couple great questions. I want yours to be added in there at fizzleshow.co slash ask if you haven't already. Uh, do yours there or just send us an email at hey guys at fizzle.co and let us know uh, that you want us to answer your question on the podcast. Um, and anything, any, anything, what do you, what do you think? And it, I feel like we kind of rat hold a little bit too much on, on like just generics of project management. But the, in some ways, that's what she's asking me. And her specific words were any tips for project management? Yeah. Besides the, her admitting that she brings us into the shower with her, which is a little <laughs> bit steamy. That was I like good. That. I feel like, um, I mean, we didn't talk about tools and stuff, but you need a tool of some sort. I mean, you could just use a notepad. That's fine. I, I got along for a long time in my early career just having a notepad writing down all my tasks and then periodically every couple of days kind of, you know, rewriting that list on a new page basically. You can do that. You can use any tool. I think the point is though that you need to track all the different tasks that you know you need to do and when you start a project, you're going to have all these ideas of the things that need to get done and you just need to write them down somewhere so you don't forget them. Um we happen to like Asana because it's a collaborative Task management tool where is we can Asana share tasks. Still, is that still free for it people is. up it to a certain amount of stuff? Yep, absolutely. I think you just jump in and do it because if you ever start working with a team, this is basically the one you're going to have to use. Absolutely. And as much as I, as much as the difficulties that I've had with it, just because I came from such a different mentality, I was using OmniFocus uh, and was a big old GTD buff. And, and Asana introduces a lot of, even though it can do all that stuff, it just introduces a lot of noise. Specifically, you guys introduce a lot of noise. And I didn't know how to deal with that because people are assigning things to me and all this other crap. But it's a great, it's a great app and it's a, it's a real uh, exciting team to watch how mm-hmm. they're developing the product and how they, how they do stuff with it. And so, um, and Mike Vardy of Productivity should be releasing something pretty soon as a, as an intro sort of like learning how to use Asana real well. Oh, cool. Which will be exciting. But, um, yeah, I would honestly, given recommendation for me after using OmniFocus for forever and task paper and, you know, series of a very, you know, <laughs> a very specific way of using an index card and all this other stuff, just go with Asana, pick one or whichever one that makes sense to you and and start having at it. But Because no matter what, you're going to run into nightmare situations where you have more things to do than you're able to and you're going to have to get real zen about this thing and say, those things don't matter, this one does. You know? Yep. Barrett, anything else to add? Nope. Know where you're going. Know the many projects that make that up. Put them in order and only focus on the one that's in front of you. Man. Nailed Barrett, it. Barrett Brooks really nailing it over there. Yep. If you could do any voice, this is for both of you. If you guys could do any impersonation, who would it be? Mm. Jeff Goldblum wouldn't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I literally almost fell over. It caught me so off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I would do uh, Marvin Martian. Marvin the Martian. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I like that. Uh, that is 
Uh, those are some great answers. I don't know. I mean, after this Josh Rubin thing, I think I would go Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Just because, like, I don't know. I, I Again, I I feel I got to go because I can't. It's such an uncomfortable thing to want to do it so bad and to kind of hear it in my head. Yeah. But I got I just screw it up every time it comes out of my mouth. Yeah, don't let it out in public. Hey, buddy. Yet. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Allen Brooks. So there you have it. Thanks so much to Darlene. Uh, thank you, dear, for your question. We'd love to answer your question. If you got a, got a moment, send us an email at heyguys at fizzle.co or you can uh, go to fizzleshow.co slash ask. And then you can record your question and you'll be in one of these shows. We'd love, we'd love it if you did that. That's fizzleshow.co slash ask. All right, show notes. We got some important stuff. We got some great stuff in this one. The show notes, this is sort of a big deal. Um, so fizzleshow.co slash 78, okay? Go to there. Go to that place because it's good for you because you're going to find that great lottery uh, presentation that we talk about in the beginning, uh, some insights on critical path, and then literally the, the most funny podcast I've ever heard, like the episode, the, the best episode of any podcast I've ever heard. I just laughed my face off, and I'm curious to hear if you do the same. Obviously, with, I, I, maybe I've typed it up too much. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm ruining that for you. But you can find that all at fizzleshow.co slash 78. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 78. Is that jingle working? Is that getting stuck in your head? Huh? Listen, if you like this, leave us a rating in iTunes if you could. Leave us an honest review. It doesn't cost you much and it means the world to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. People who are putting their butt on the line to do something. Um, Here's one from someone simply who calls themselves Fizzle Review mystery uh review lever the fizzle show is inviting funny and extremely helpful definitely gets me excited about my own thing and thing is in parentheses so i don't know what fizzle review what thing fizzle review is talking about here but it sounds sexual in nature as well as gives that dose of inspiration butt kicking and motivation that i need sometimes uh listen fizzle review you gotta let me know who you are on twitter Facebook, send us a little note. I got I to gotta figure out who the mystery re- reviewer is. I'm curious. Um, but thank you so much for your review. May you, on this Halloween evening, keep your sanity when all around you the plates are spinning. May you find focus even when you have to cut out your darlings. And may you find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.